okay, so let me reintroduce myself uh, to you, Santa. Um, hi, my name is Mystic Beast, and my hobbies are overreacting, and my um, my true one talent um, and purpose in society is to overthink and overanalyze anything and everything that I will ever say or do um, and in this existence and in the next one if there is uh, such an existence. Good afternoon, everyone, or morning, because, you know, this is actually usually released in the morning. But the clip you just heard was from Mystic Beast's last stream, um, where we were talking about intros. Um, I do have Mystic Beast with me, and I also have Killer Wolf, because we've got a few things we wanted to talk about today. Um, so, yeah, Mystic Beast, you want to tell everybody how that clip happened? <laughs> uh, quite literally, it was just a spontaneous, uh, smart remark. Off of, um, I think, one of the things that uh, Santa said in chat. I don't even remember what it was, but it was literally just me uh, making one of my uh, signature smart quips. And I say signature because, like, I think I've said that before in, uh, in other um, games that we play, that I'm always notorious for... for um, Thinking of things in a way that makes it way more complicated than it is, and even like even in school and stuff like that, I remember being put on like IEPs and stuff like that. And the reason was it wasn't even like a mental condition or anything like that. They literally just they literally just put as a reason for me being on an IEP in school was that I take I just I think too much. <laughs> it's really what it is. And, and we can all definitely agree with that. But the official question um, that I asked during that stream was, uh, uh, basically, Mr. Beast had set up classes based off of uh, references for other things that we do. And I asked him, quite specifically, why did you choose the M16 over other assault weapons? And he went on to details about things completely unrelated to the weapon, giving the entire history of Call of Duty. I told him to simplify it. So then he gave me his intro. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking about history of games, uh, obviously every game has a history and a story behind it. Um, do you guys prefer games that just like tell you the story through gameplay? Or do you take examples of like Call of Duty and Friday the 13th that have a story behind the game to begin with before you even start playing? Um, so for me, I guess it really just depends on my mood. I don't have a preference. I honestly, if I like the game, I'll play it, story or no story. Yeah, there are definitely games that don't have a story. Um, such as Ultimate Chicken Horse, which is just as fun without any sort of story or anything behind it. Well, you think of it like, uh, you think of it like arcade. And stuff like that. Like sometimes you're in the mood to um, just play 
stuff like, um, you know, we'll, we'll go, we'll go, I'll go old school and stuff. Sometimes you're in the mood to just play Pac-Man. Like, that's all you want to do is just play Pac-Man, and you might want to play, like, a couple of games. And that's hardly, there's hardly a story in Pac-Man at all. Uh, I don't think it was Pac-Man. I don't think the story really happened until they came out with future Pac-Man options like Pac-Man World and um, other things like that. I think that's where some stories started coming through. But yeah, Pac-Man Yeah, for the most part, like, Pac-Man is a very, very quick and easy game that you can play just before you're going to work or just before, like, you, um, just before you're getting ready for bed, you want to play a couple games and it's not going to be like an investing kind of I need 100% of your attention uh, to do this. Um, but then there are other games, there are other times like where like you might not want to play a game for 15 minutes. I'll tell you for one and stuff like that, still going on the topic of being old school and stuff like that, I can tell you personally there is no such thing as playing Donkey Kong Country for N64 for 15 minutes. You can't fucking do it. Like, well, bringing the N64, like, one of my favorite games was uh, Donkey Kong 64. And that's that's heavily adventure-based. The, the, the story behind that is there. And you, know, you play through levels, you know, you know, you have a big boss trying to hurt poor Banjo. And... You, or not Banjo, that's Banjo and Kazooie, that's another game, but, uh, with Greta, but no, Donkey Kong 64, Donkey and his friends. Everybody at this point, I would hope, knows, uh, the DK rap. Mm -hmm. Um. <laughs> yep. I know the DK rap, I'm not gonna recite it, but... No. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to keep the beat, I'd have to have it playing, and I don't think it would be a good idea for me to start playing the DK rap on our podcast. Mm -hmm. But, that aside... Um, I will admit, I am too young to understand what they're talking about, so... <laughs> have, you, wait, have you watched anyone play Donkey Kong Rap? Or not Donkey Kong 64? No. Surprised. But... Why are you surprised? I've never been into Donkey Kong. That's, what, that's, when, we, that's when we pass it aggressively. That's when we pass it aggressively. Just, just, just send Killer Wolf and N64 with the, with the game, with the complete copy. And just like, don't talk to us till you finish this. Well, all, you have to, all they have to do is probably turn on the Wii and look it up in the uh, store because that's yes. part of the Nintendo Arcade. I'm uh, pretty sure it's already on the, on the yeah. Wii U. I'm pretty sure it's already on it. Mm -hmm. I think you got it. <laughs> um, but let's, you know, think about that story aspect, though. Not all games need it. Um, and, of course, games, and I understand, Hillary, you haven't played Stellaris, but Stellaris... <laughs> there is, you form your own story. And and there's more games um, that form stories, though, no, not just Stellaris, but with Stellaris, we form them. And you have other games role play. Um, fantasy games, Dungeons and Dragons, Star Trek Adventures. You form the story as you play it. And, and sometimes that's a great way to enhance everything. You have, well, like in the case of Star Trek Adventures, there's an entire. Star Trek history that you can work from and start. And so you already have the history of Star Trek. And then you just form your own story. So it turns out to be a great game. Um, and Stellaris is not quite that way because you don't necessarily have the previous history. But you form a race 
in the form background. Mrs. Beach, you're very pop uh, famous for writing long bios for your races. Yes, um, they really should be short and sweet, but I really just get into like writing um, and all the different possibilities. Um, Solaris is pretty pretty much. I wouldn't even say Solaris. I mean, I guess you know if you're looking at the if you're looking at the AI created empires, they get they technically have bios. So there is story in Solaris. You literally just have to find it. But most of the story that comes from Solaris comes in the heart of uh, roleplay. Of course. You know, Killer, I mean, how much do you spend thinking about backgrounds for different things you do? If any. Now know Ginneth, and it, it's interesting how just 
one race in my my game is connected to all of yours. Um, I mean, yeah, I have other ones. I've got the Holy Narcissus. I've got the Babby. Babby is one I've played quite a bit with, too. Babby is one of Sansa's most intimidating races that uh, I, I, I'm okay with him playing. He just, he's really good with that race. That species, I should say. But, uh, anyway, Solaris is good for that, uh, that, that story aspect. Um, but I just want to kind of continue wrapping back around. Um, you know, me and Mystic, and even Color Wolf, we've all played Call of Duty. There's story in that, too. If you play the story mode or even the history behind Call of Duty that formed the zombies function that I play with everybody. Um, I mean, I'm, to be honest, I don't know much of the back history, but as you guys play Call of Duty repeatedly, both you know, Black Ops 3, Black Ops 4, Cold War, um, for those that didn't know, Mystic Beast did play Cold War the last stream. Front door. And so, I just want to know, <clears throat> when you guys went to get Cold War, what drew you to it? Ah, that's a tough question. It might be tough, tough question. but you know, it's, it's, but yes, it's the Black Ops series, but I'm going to be ashamed and, and, and just be truthful on this, right? So I didn't really have much hope going for me uh, because for, I, for, I'm going to say at least two releases, uh, Call of Duty had been failing me in terms of like expectations because the last the last semi good game that we had um was Black Ops 2 and then Black Ops 3 I tolerated you know Black Ops 3 the only thing I really had to tolerate was everyone was flying around jetpacks which I didn't actually like but the rest of it played really really smooth and then the next copy of Black Ops uh, failed me, failed my expectations. Uh, the next one uh, I was disappointed in. And then uh, World War II came along, and that was the only one that was, like, semi-okay. I mean, that wasn't even the Black Ops round, though, was it? it well, there's, it gets complicated, because Call of Duty is owned by two companies. Activision, and then there is, um, fuck, I forget the other one, but there's Activision, and there's another company that, that owns uh, Call of Duty. This is why uh, Black Ops and Call of Duty uh, seem to be uh, two titles of pretty much the same game. Um, is it Treyarch? Treyarch, yes. Thank you, Killer Wolf. Treyarch um, is the second one. Um, I didn't mean to startle you. It's pretty understandable. Um, um, but they, they seem to produce the same the same style or the same game, only it's titled different based on who is in charge of making the next game. Um, so I guess, long story short, um, the reason why I bought uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is two reasons. One, 
there were rumors that the story in Black Ops Cold War directly relates to a character uh, named Mason uh, in the original Black Ops 1. That was, a, that was one considering factor that I, I purchased the game. And now, now, before we get to actual spoilers, did you actually play through the story to find out if that's true? Uh, I haven't beaten the story yet, but I can confirm that, that Mason is uh, mentioned. Now, what about you, Killer Wolf? What drew you to Cold War? Honestly, I just... I'm with Mystic, the other ones were really a letdown, because in the time of me playing Black Ops, the best one I want to say that I played personally would be Black Ops 2 and Black Ops 1. Those were like the only ones I personally liked, and all the other ones were like just failing me horribly. It's just like, it's Modern Warfare, why? Like, it's not bad, but it's just why? And then, you know, Black Ops 3, I don't know why they introduced that whole flying stuff, that was really annoying, and that wall run is also agitating. And then Black Ops 4, it's like, okay, you got a little bit more semi-normal. But with the Cold War, personally, I think the reason I got it was just mostly because a lot of my friends were playing it, and I had been watching a lot of videos on it, and it was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. So, I mean, I gave it a shot, and it's not bad, but I'm still more, I more or less prefer Black Ops 4 if I'm going to play a, Cold War, a Black Ops. Since, you know, PlayStation, for some reason, won't Like, that's it, you know. 
Um, so different different strokes for different folks. So that's that's really my uh, turn on it. And then to add a little bit of expand with uh, what Killer Wolf said about um, being drawn towards um, towards Cold War um, by watching a lot of her, a lot of their friends. Excuse me. Um, um, buying it is. I also watched a little bit of gameplay, and another determining factor, and this is absolutely stupid, but another determining factor as to why I bought it is because I saw in multiplayer they took off the HP bars. I didn't in, in Black Ops Four uh, when you play multiplayer, they they added. HP bars above people's heads, and then for some reason, um, every single time you uh, tried to hide from enemies, you really couldn't uh, hide very well away from enemies because you would always see that HP bar above their head. So if you tried to hide into a house and people were turning the corner, they would just see that HP bar. Like if you try to hide like in a dark corner, yeah. in a dark where you can barely be seen, they just turn and aim once. It's like, oh hey, yeah, you are because here. they literally just see the HP bar. I, 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 I can definitely be, like, can definitely you know ruin the experience for a while because uh, you know HUD information. Mm-hmm. You know that that's more than just that's more than just Call of Duty. There was a lot of games. I think there was a moment even Warframe did that uh, if I remember the series where. You look at an enemy, you saw the HUD information without actually knowing if you were aiming at their head or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you definitely see HUD information. It's just like, okay, well, that kind of ruins it a little bit because it, it reduces that element of surprise. You can't, like you said, hide. You it can't. just took away the immersion for me. And, you know, it's not so much that I wouldn't want to know. If I'm, you know, got you actually in line of sight, I would like to know how much help. But I can also see, you know, the strategy level of if you hide that information, you don't know if your shots are hitting, you don't know if your shots are killing or lethal, you know. So there, there's definitely multiple elements to uh, the way the story plays out. Um, so it's it's definitely interesting to think about. Um, yeah, it's a story, guys. Uh, interesting how stories can affect the gameplay. Um, so we talked about Solaris, we talked about Call of Duty, we talked about briefly Warframe, and we talked about primary Call of Duty, I think is most of what that covered. But, I mean, it's a good example because there's that background story. Even in Friday the 13th, there's that background story. Dead by Daylight is another horror game. There's not really a story to it. But every person... That has a background, and every killer has a background. Yeah, so you can just kind of form your own story by mixing and matching survivors with killers. It's interesting to think about it that way, but it doesn't actually affect the gameplay. Well, let me let me update. Let me. Well, you guys probably already know this, but I'm gonna update. Originally, uh, Dead by Daylight hardly had a story. They had backgrounds that you could look up for each character and each. But ever since they they did this thing that players on Reddit and players on um, players who actively play the game um, 
they're they're divided on whether or not people like the the function called the rift. And the rift is where you can go to basically get like little rewards, like charms that you can hang on your pants or whatever. But another big aspect of the rift is to do tomes, and tomes are basically things that you can do in matches to get achievements, to get blood points, and sometimes you get pages. And these pages refer to uh, an audio playback of what the page says uh, based on either a particular killer or a particular, um, or a particular character. Or survivor is what I should say, and ever since they they opened the rift and, and they allowed that kind of content, now you can kind of, uh, as you play through Dead by Daylight, kind of earn story background information. Well, okay, but is it story or is it background information? It's it, it is story. If you if you if you listen to the audio recordings, it is story. You just have to earn it. It's not going to be... Well, I mean, okay, so... I, I don't want to push too much, because, you know, one thing I don't want to do is spoil some of the story aspects as we're talking about story. Yep. But, because I always view Dead by Daylight as, you know, you only have background information. You know, since it's a mesh between multiple universes, are those pages actually, like, Dead by Daylight's version of the story with how everyone got together? Oh, yeah. So yeah, definitely would I would call that story. Then. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we because I haven't talked about games with and without story, uh, but something's kind of come up is I got to think about games like Until Dawn, Grand Theft Auto, and how they all connected to all this. And I was just like, Until Dawn is an entire cinematic. You're playing that story, and different things can happen. And I don't know about you, Coco, but I definitely know Mr. Beast, you somewhat have played a little bit of Until Dawn, like I have. Um, I thought about getting it, but I haven't quite yet. So but the I thing about Until Dawn is it's one story, but there's multiple beginnings and multiple ends. There's a branching butterfly effect things that can happen. Oh, that's one of those. And... and Every time you play it, it resets your progress. So, so as you play through the story, when you click play, you're starting from the beginning because it's the same cinematic. And yeah, the quick time events really annoyed me. But thinking about the entire story, it was a story involving you know the camp and uh, one person from the group causing a lot of uh, issues. Issue. And. Got to thinking, it's just like, I was really drawn to that. I was really drawn to forming a story. I hate the term forming, but I really don't mean forming. I, I actually mean playing through. Playing through the story, because any game, I, I, I really should play the story side of things. And I usually try to, anytime before I even jump into multiplayer. Like, even with games with, uh, I'm going to say... The, 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 the Phantom Doctrine, even though I haven't played it, watching Mystic Beast play some of that story, piecing together some of those clues, can definitely be mind-boggling. But just playing the story side of any game 
it, it's definitely an experience. I agree with that. <laughs> um, no, just really capitalizing on, on what you said, uh, what's already stated, and stuff like that is some stories are really, really intricate on uh, not spoon feeding you the information, and others are really, really good uh, cinematics. Uh, for example, um, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard me mention it uh, a bunch of times, is uh, Fire Emblem is one of my most favorite uh, series. And the funny thing is, is, I didn't even think I would like Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem is something that um, my, um, my older brother Sean uh, got me into. I played it once immediately. The first Fire Emblem game I ever, uh, the first Fire Emblem game that I played is not, actually, see this is where I'm going to be called a fucking lame or whatever, because, um, what was it? Fire Emblem Awakening. Um, so I'm not that old with it, but I've heard of other um, Fire Emblem games. I played one where there was the one with Marth in it. Marth. Um, it was for the Game Boy Advance, but I, I don't remember the title right now. But the most prominent one I played is Fire Emblem Awakening. And then I went to Three Houses, and, you know, the rest is history. But, um, those games, uh, much like Until Dawn, uh, really depends on, um, on who lives and who dies in order to really determine, uh, what happens at the end of the game. Of course, you've got two players, or you've got two characters that if they die, you lose the game, because they're never supposed to die. But then you've got, you know, a whole army of people where, depending on who lives and who dies, really determines the shape of the story, really. And, and those types of games, like you said, that's like Until Dawn. It's like uh, a couple other games. Like, it really is interesting to see how games approach that characteristic uh, situation where... If this person dies, how does that affect the story? And so, you know, they're really good at adapting. Um, now, I, I don't know every single game you play, Killer, but if there are any games that come to mind when you think about stories that change based on your actions. Yeah, man, uh, Detroit Become Human. I'm sorry? Detroit Become, uh, Detroit Become Human, I believe is what it's called. I don't. I, I know. That's what they. You're you're correct on the title. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say. Okay. I know that has to be somewhere within the title. Um. Yeah. It's every act, every choice you make can depict your act, like how the storyline changes. And there's multiple. Like you can go back and play it multiple times. You can choose a good or a bad side. And depending on what you choose, will always change what you what your outcome. That's the only one that comes to my head right off the bat. And what did you think of that type of game? I liked it. I thought it was good. It was, it was well made, it was good, and it was understandable. How do you... Can I ask you a killer wolf on a thing? Question? 
Any question? Not just an opinion? Fuck. You can ask whatever you want, Mr. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, first of all, am I senile? Maybe. I don't know, but go ahead. All right. Um, Wait, hold on, what? No, I didn't hear what he said. Senile. Am I senile? What does that even mean? What? Senile is, uh, crazy. when you imagine no, the Nile River. You're probably not crazy. When you imagine the Nile River in your head, a little too much. Do you think I fantasize about that too much? Um. Right, okay. Okay. Alright, so, what do you think, as somebody who plays, uh, GTA online, uh, frequently, um, the story, what, what is your impression on the campaign story, the story of, uh, GTA versus the story of GTA Online? What, which one do you think is better? I'll be honest, I didn't know there was a story to GTA Online other than to just make money. Okay, but have you played but... the actual story? I mean, yes. I can't. I can't. I haven't played it thoroughly, but I've I've played enough of it to where I'm confident about talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um. However, I do backtrack a lot, but I have not done it to completion. You've not done it to completion for multiple reasons. What, what do you think of what you've experienced so far? Um. I mean, I prefer the okay. I'm one of those people where I prefer multiplayer over everything, even if they're Okay, so you're, you're, one of, you're, one of the, you're one of the players that, that bought GTA Online and immediately went to online. No. No? I didn't go to online until I got bored of the storyline. And that took a good while. So, I so was on the way out to getting Trevor. It took that while for okay. me to get there. Okay. So for me, I can say personally, I really wish Rockstar... Um, put as much time and effort into the original story of um, the original story of Grand Theft Auto V as they did. Well, as put much time and attention of Grand Theft Auto Online as they did in their original story. Because if you, and that's another game that I recommend that. There are boring parts. There are boring parts to the, the GTA storyline with through through Michael Franklin and Trevor and stuff like that. But there are multiple endings. Um and depending on what your choices are in the in the original story, uh you can actually um I'm telling you, each ending is pretty much phenomenal and stuff like that. Um but no, I, I do agree, Mystic, that they should put more effort in the storyline, because you can play the storyline to this day, mm -hmm. and it'll still be the exact same as, like, two years ago. Yeah, and the only thing I really didn't care for about the uh, the actual story part was character swapping. Like, don't get me wrong, I loved, you know, each character in themselves, Michael, Trevor, and Rainbow, but having to swap between all of them to do different things that tedious to me. Oh yeah, yeah you quite frequently have to yeah. have to switch. When you have to go, basically, you forget your you forget Franklin. The last time you played Franklin was he was like halfway across the map, but now you're closer with the other character. But now you have to drive halfway across the map just to get to where you used to be. I get that. 
But what, no, to be clear, what I'm saying is I really, really enjoyed GTA's uh, original uh, non-online storyline. And then when I went to, when me and Santa uh, did uh, GTA Online together as level zeros, even to get to level 10 was a bitch to do online. Daily objectives. Before they came out with all the high stuff. But I was under the impression, I was under the impression that there was going to be um, a lot more, uh, a lot more story elements to GTA Online, when really they're the only story elements that I can really find in GTA Online are those NPCs. Yeah, the businesses, NPCs. Because you you have, you know, Tony for the club. You have, you know, LJ for all your motorcycle needs. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, they, they all have the thing. Ron for the the hangers. He's a trick. And so with that said, um, yeah, Grand Theft Auto, a game that has story that nobody plays. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone just wants to play online, uh, which also has story, which is interesting. It does add a thing. And, and that brings me to me and Mystic Beats. You know, when we're working on our businesses, we actually, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, we actually view it as one business, um, in the sense that, yes, I have an office. Yes, I have a club. Yes, I have kind of a cash factor. I've got several of those businesses. But Mystic Beast also has businesses that I don't have and don't plan to have in the sense that, you know, we're all one unified business. We try to keep it, me, me and Santa try to keep it uh, role-play-based in the sense that... Um, Lunatics Landing is actually our crew. Um, and for roleplay purposes, see, Rockstar wants each and every player to be this, like, big conglomerate boss, boss, so to speak. And not every person, and, and at least in my opinion, not every person uh, can realistically be that. And if you get a bunch of people that are realistically that, then what you get is basically a bunch of Jeff Bezos. Uh, and if you don't know who Jeff Bezos is, uh, he's basically the richest person in the world right now. Um, but if you get a bunch of J- Jeff Bezos in the room in a room together, does it really matter? Like, as to like, at what point does does having so much money become completely mundane. So I've, I've had this, uh, I'm sorry, kind of hijacking your conversation, Sam. We're talking about GTA, it's not hijacking. Um, me and Sam had this argument off of podcast, not argument, a discussion. Uh, the bait is what we're calling it. <laughs> is, like, the whole appeal to GTA Online, at least in my eyes, is to rise from being poor to being essentially rich and famous in Los Angeles. Keep in mind, me and Mystic Beast have never at all bought shark cards. Shark yeah. Cards. So the, the topic was basically shark cards. If you were to go out and buy shark cards, let's say 12 million, 30 million, 50 million, let's say you just 
loaded, or you do one of those in-game, uh, one of those in-game uh, ways to just make currency instant, like instantaneously. You make that currency, and let's say you make it overnight. Let's say you make fifty million overnight. You make fifty million overnight, then the only thing you could really do in the game is buy stuff, and you didn't even earn it. Like you didn't even like. Yeah, you used money to to buy those things, but the experience that you used to get those things was to go to the store and just buy it, just so you can have it, versus actually earning it. Yeah, so, so like many, so many flicker jobs to get to the hangar. So many flicker jobs, dude. <laughs> we grinded like. What was it? We did like six hours a day of just. This was before casino. We didn't have the luxury of having a fucking casino wheel. We had we had two ways to literally earn money, and that was we had Flecka to or daily ejected. We had to farm Flecka, or we literally had to put our poor ass vehicles in the fucking military base and hope. That we didn't die instantaneously the second we, we went through and stuff like that. We farmed that shit. And, like, and for those that are telling us, why Fleka? Why not, you know, the prison or the Pacific Standard House? And the answer to that, everybody, is there's only two of us. Yeah, there were, there's, well, okay, we could have. Every job requires four, except Fleka. Fleka required two. Yeah. This was before Doomsday. We used fucking to get to Doomsday. Now that we're in Doomsday, we we ride that out all day long because you don't have to have four. Hashtag, hashtag, you got, if you got one friend, if you're sad, you only have one friend. Well, if you're, if you're sad and you've got no friends, then uh, yeah, come on down to Lunatic's Landing, we'll be your friends. Um, but, seriously... Like, if you got at least one friend or somebody willing to play, one person willing to play, the Bogdan problem is is the mission and stuff like that. And now we don't have to deal with the stupid server farm. The, the, person, the person earning, the person setting up that heist, the person setting up that heist, easy million. Easy million. Or even close to a million. And then the person helping you gets an easy, like, 40,000. And I'm assuming that's so, without doing the glitch. That's without doing the glitch. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 you know, because the I person... I was just making sure... Well, because you lose your volume. Well, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong, though. But with me and Mystic Beast, you know, people need to also realize it, is, yes, I take way more than... I take the biggest cut I can on the bottom end when I set that up. But it's because Mystic Beast... Between secure and serve paying him five thousand dollars an hour, game hour, <laughs> game hour, yeah. uh, and all the setups paying him, he's making the money. It's, for him, he's having made five hundred thousand other. Well, when I say forty thousand, that's assuming that you're just doing motorcycle club. You're not actually CEO. If you're doing a CEO, you're making. If you're if you have good CEO standing, then you're getting an extra five or six thousand. Every every couple of hours, on top of the setup money, because remember the the henchmen or the people that you bring along, bodyguards. bodyguards. The bodyguards not only if you work as a CEO, you're getting additional money for for helping um, protect the uh, leader of the CEO company. But you're on a heist, 
And when you do the setups, the person that is technically setting up the heist doesn't get paid that money. The, the bodyguards do. The bodyguards get paid uh, for, for helping with setups. So there's the setup fee, then there's the, the you know, security service fee. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we typically do CEO stuff when we're doing Bogdan, because so, that's how you get that speed of the money. But Bogdan, you know, when done, you know, the fair way, without doing a glitch, I find is the easiest for the money, because me and Mystic Beast really hated going to, you know, the... The fucking secure farms? <laughs> the, the server farms that... Literally have hell written all over it, honestly. Go in, get caught, get killed like six times coming out. Yeah, it was annoying. But, you know, Bogdan, you know, Mystic Beast is really good on ground combat, so he's going to the sub. I'm just going to shoot this helicopter that I know the spawn point's for. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you ever catch me on GTA, or me and Santa on GTA, I'm not trying to be a business tycoon. I'm literally, I'm literally the, I, I treat it the same way in real life. You know, technically I'm a content creator uh, for Lunatics Landing, uh, but in GTA and stuff like that, and even in real life, you know, I am, I think my official title on the Rockstar website is a representative of, um, of uh, Lunatics Landing. So, you know, I work under Santa uh, similarly in the same way, you know, I work under Santa now. The only difference is, is, you know, I'm pretty much one of his bodyguards that he constantly, and I don't mind it, trust me, I don't mind getting paid to protect Santa. To, to be fair, you know, if there's a time all three of us are on GTA, after seeing Killer Wolf, play GTA on stream this morning, seeing how how reactive they are to bullies, I'll say. Definitely beneficial. Welcome welcome to Secure Sir if you're getting paid ten thousand dollars an hour. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so that being said guys, I think uh, this podcast is uh, pretty much wrapped up. We Talk about different story elements. We brought up a lot of different games. Um, this section mainly about GTA, but GTA has story with it, and that story is both in story mode and online because each character, Lester, Ron, each of them are responsible for a different part of GTA Online. You have to go to them. So uh, thank you all for tuning in, and. Um, Check us out every week. At least that's how I'm trying to do these recordings. And uh, for those that don't already know, um, yeah, make sure you're catching us on uh, Place Solaris. Because uh, by the time you hear this, me and Missy Beast have already started that Solaris game. Um, so check us out on Discord. And uh, stay tuned. Thank you all for tuning in.